Hey there, beautiful people, and welcome to season two and to another episode of That's How We Roll, a podcast where I talk with motivating and inspiring women who are professionals, entrepreneurs, organization leaders, artists, role models, mentors, and so much more. Today's guest is a mezcal expert, Maggie Gomez. Maggie is the founder and director of Coa de Hima Inc., the agency representing Don Sixto Mescal, of which she is a co-founder. Don Sixto produces six different types of mezcals, which have won national and international awards throughout the years of its production. Maggie graduated from the fashion marketing program in Toronto and graduated with a trend forecasting and haute couture diploma in Paris. We can say that Maggie is a mezcal expert with a passion for fashion. So how did Maggie go from fashion to mezcal? Well, we're going to find out that and a whole lot more as we welcome Maggie Gomez. Hi, Maggie. Welcome. Hi. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm good as well. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so glad that you're here. How is the weather in Toronto? So right now it's pretty sunny, so it's nice. <laughs> Good. It's hot here, so... It is It is really hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. And I think the feel-like temperature is like maybe in the triple digits. So, yeah, but anyway, it'll be fall soon, and then we'll all be saying, oh, wow, I wish I could go to the beach again. <laughs> Yes, I know. We're going to be like, oh, I miss summer. (laughs) (laughs) Maggie, I want to talk to you about your accomplishments and being a co-founder of this mezcal company. I want to find out what's the difference between mezcal and tequila, questions that I hear people ask a lot. How did you come to be the founder of mezcal? So it actually happened seven years ago. We were on a family trip to Oaxaca City. It was like my parents. Uh, my mom, my dad, my two brothers, and me. We were going on a family vacation to Oaxaca City, but we got a little bit lost into like one of the towns. And my parents, mostly my dad, always had a passion for mezcal. So he was the one who was kind of like pushing a bit more mezcal into the family because he started with this like trend and wanting to know more about mezcal. So in that small town, we got redirected, and then they sent us like to a town where mezcal is produced the artisanal way. So we ended up meeting the mezcaleros. So we just went with the flow and went to drive three hours uphill to Sola de Vega, which is the, the town where we produce our mezcal. And we just got along, met different mezcaleros, and they they all welcomed us like pretty nicely and as they do like normally in the, their tradition like when you get to their to, to their palenques which is palenque is the name where the mezcal is produced there's like the small factories that each producer has they offer you mezcal all like all day so it is really hard to keep them <laughs> through the day but you can if you say no they will just keep on pushing because they want to make sure your your jicarita which is half of a coconut shell that they use as glasses it's never empty <laughs> so just and that's how I ended up getting involved into the mezcal world because of my dad who always had like this like kind of passion for like mezcal then 
meeting the mescaleros, we found a gap because none of them were registered. So in order to collect mezcal and sell it as mezcal, the mescaleros need to be certified by CEMMAX, CEMEX, which is the organization that regulates mezcal in Mexico. So my mom, she has a PhD in biochemist, which she achieved from the University of Toulouse. So she is the one that helps them to get registered. She helped to to be able to sell their mezcal in a bottle. So so wait, your mom so your mom is a biochemist. Yes, she's a there are certain regulations that you have to go through in order to produce mezcal or to be a mescalero. First of all, there's just a whole lot of knowledge there. You went from fashion to mezcal. Your mother is a biochemist. And I guess, okay, that's the natural progression of things is to, is to say, hey, I'm going to be a mescalero now. <laughs> yes. I mean, we, we are not the mescaleros. We work with them because mm. the way mezcal is produced is like the producers are always going to be the artists, the mescaleros, the, 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 the people who are from the town where the mezcal is produced, and they have passed the knowledge from centuries. So they are the ones who are always going to be mescaleros and the producers. But with the knowledge of my mom being a biochemist, we help them to get Thermoscope regulated to pass the norm. Wow. So now the other question is, and, and the reason that you're here is because this is the spirits industry. And there are a lot of men. This this is an industry that that is dominated by men. And for you yeah. to be one of the founders of this company that has won national and international awards. Like, how are you met when you start talking to people and when you started pitching the idea that you wanted to work in Mezcal? How did people react to you as a woman in this industry? So to be honest, there is like the two type of people, let's say that, like the really old generations that are used to like talk to man to man. So like I've noticed that sometimes I am in a Twitch role and these those people came to us and see me and then they rather talk to one of my brothers or to my husband than actually asking me the questions about the mezcal, mm-hmm. even though sometimes I will have more answers. <laughs> like I feel like lately the industry, it's been opening much more and we can see more female leaders in the industry. So let's say all generations like are kind of like having to open and adapt to the change because at least now I've seen like more girls bartenders, females being ambassador of a brand. So right now it's like getting more and more open. But at least the first few years before COVID, it was a little bit like more restricted and you have to get used to, I mean, at least me, like I come from the fashion industry where I was used to work mostly with women. It was challenging just to show my point and know that I my, I know, even though, because I also look younger. So it was just like a combination of being a, a woman and looking younger. So like people like take me really serious. Yeah, they would look at you and say, how does she know anything exactly. about Mescal? It's like, you don't know anything, but I, I, I do. Mm-hmm. So when you start like having a conversation and uh, answering their questions, and sometimes people also like in the industry know about Mezcal, but they just want to challenge you. As long as you 
are okay to be challenged, it's it's fine. Right, because you know your yeah. stuff. You know what you're talking about. And then also when you do, the people that may have had that kind of looked at you like, what does she know? So now they are going to get to, now they want to know more about what you're doing. And then you become a trusted figurehead, I guess, is what I'm yes. trying to say in in their yes, eyes. Yes, exactly. And, you know, you, you mentioned about at Bar Convent Brooklyn, when this event was was going on, there were a lot of female ambassadors for the liquor companies out there. There were, there were still a lot of men, but the women were so on their game. They were amazing mixologists. They really brought a lot of things that women bring things and men bring things. And one is not, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but they brought a lot of stuff that men, in a lot of cases, that uh, were just totally different from yeah. from the men. So uh, I appreciate that. Yes, I saw that. And I think it, it is it's really nice to see how the industry it's getting like more open and like more females are just like on their game so everybody does their thing differently and it makes it more diverse this is a, a question that i know people are going to ask the difference between mezcal and tequila besides the mezcal having a smoky taste what is the main difference and also the local stores in the area, when I was looking around, checking out mezcals to find out more about it, the local one in my area says, oh, you know, mezcals are really hot right now. He says, I had to create a section of mezcals. Before you answer the questions about the difference, have you noticed that people are really gravitating toward mezcals now, maybe more so than before? And and if so, how did this come about? What do you think brought this on besides the pandemic? Because everybody was drinking a lot of stuff during the pandemic. So, yes, I am seeing really high, higher demand uh, into mezcal than before. But I also think it is because people now are more conscious about what they're consuming so mezcal it is mezcal in general it's a really artisanal process it's kind of a mix of culture history and like even before the pandemic people were gravitating more into being healthier into looking for more eco-friendly or more like helping small communities like more local purchase so and there was like this trend of like buy local and mezcal kind of fall into this because mezcal, I mean, there is industrial mezcal, but it's not as popular as artisanal or ancestral mezcal, which is made very, very handcrafted. So I feel like that's why also mezcal is getting more popular. And also so many mezcals, well, mezcals are different like from region to region and depending on the type of agave. Also, a lot of people are relating or comparing mezcal to wine. So now there is also like having, instead of having wine tests, uh, tasting, they're having mezcal tasting or mezcal fairs to appreciate the different flavors and aroma. So I feel like also this has been like pushing the demand of mezcal and making it grow. You know, that's... Maybe that that is it. I mean, people that like wine, I mean, they are definitely going to drink wine, but there are also 
are people that appreciate wine, but they appreciate other liquors. And then they will want to try to find out more about them and know that they're tasting. There are, you you said it right, there are a lot of tequila tastings. I have not been to a mezcal tasting, and I, I must do that. What is the difference besides the smokiness? What is the difference between mezcal and tequila? So actually, all tequilas are mezcals, but not all mezcals are tequilas. So that's these days. So actually tequila, it will be a type of mezcal, but it's called tequila because of their region. But if you make tequila or a distillated from blue agave, which is from the agave plant where tequila, where tequila is distillated in another region, example, Oaxaca, then you will be able to call it mezcal instead of tequila. So that's one of the differences. Other, it's also the process. But lately, uh, some of the tequila producers are also now producing tequila the same way as mezcal is produced. So they're making artisanal tequila and ancestral tequila, which changes the flavor as well and gives this, like, smokiness to it. So... I will say, like, the difference between tequila and mezcal is mostly tequila is industrial, mostly, because now, because of the trend of mezcal, there are also tequilas made artisanal and ancestral, and also tequila has to be made in the tequila region to be called tequila, and it has to be made from blue agave only. And mezcal, there are other types of agave that mezcal is made. Don Sixto uses, you have six different types of agave, so you have six different flavors of mezcal. And your bottles are beautiful, by the way. Those those bottles are stunning. The colors, the vividness of the colors, they are very recognizable. Okay. <laughs> the agave, so let's go back there. So, there's, uh, so you have six different kinds of agave. Since I started researching and met you, I found out that there's 24, or are there uh, more? So there are 24 let's say 24 plus type of agaves where mezcal is produced from. But there are more than 300 of different type of agaves, but mezcal is produced from 24 plus type of agaves. Is there a reason for that? I'm not really sure, to be honest, but I think those are like the the, the agaves more popular that are found in the mezcal arrows there are, and that's I guess that's the reason why. All right. What did you do in fashion? And then just how did you leave fashion? Or maybe you haven't left fashion to work in the mezcal business? Well, like my whole career was was within fashion. Like I did a bachelor's degree in fashion design. Then I did the, well, that my bachelor's degree was in Mexico uh, in fashion design. And then I went for the summer to Paris to do the trend forecasting in haute couture. And then I did uh, also a diploma um, here in Toronto about fashion marketing. Yeah, so one of my dreams, like when I was a kid, was just like work in fashion and become a fashion designer one day. But as I grew up, I figured out that I like what I really liked more about fashion was kind of like, not let's say, I mean, I love fashion. I love the trends, but I do not it's not like I don't like to sew or to work as in the design department because I don't know. That's how I just switch. And then I, this opportunity arise 
with the mezcal, so I just started to just get involved more and more and more, and then my passion kind of led to it to the mezcal, and like I really like to do. You have a new passion now. Yeah, so I still love fashion. It's still my passion, but I also love mezcal, and I like it's like I got introduced to this industry, which is a great industry. It is a fun industry, also challenging with a lot of competition, but I also like that. Well, speaking of competition, there are a lot of newly formed mezcal companies out there. People are always coming out with something new. But I want to talk about your experience at the Vine Expo. That was the first time that you were at the Vine Expo. So how was that? Yes, again, you are a woman in the business, and there were a lot of women-owned businesses there. There there were more women that were behind brands at the Vine Expo than I have seen in a really long time. So that was that was great. So I know that here you have to deal with the men or when you go to represent your company and you are going to a board probably full of men and you, as a small woman one of the founders of this company, you just, you have a different, their outlook or their take on you is going to be a little different. So you've, you've won them over because now you're at the Vine Expo here in, uh, at the Jacob Javits Center in New York. And how was, how was your time there? How was the, the experience for you? So to me, it was a great, great experience. It was our first time being on an international trade show. So for us, everything was new. And Talking me as a woman, it was great to see other women also like representing the brand, being the leaders, because a few of them were also like working, but one of them was the leader and they have like a partner or working with someone else as well. So it was really nice to see all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as myself, it's just like an industry that you all, always have to keep the eyes open. And you have to be careful who you fully trust because there is a lot of maybe, let's say, scammers or people just like wanting to, they, they pretend like they're going to purchase, but then sometimes it doesn't happen. So it is nice and it, it ha- you have to make sure that you also make friends. Even if they are your competitors, it's okay to be friends. Like it's like, it's an industry. Let's say we have to be we, we have to be friends of our neighbors, um, even though sometimes we're going to compete against each other. It's okay, because that's how you also know reference about other people or about distributors that approach to you and they want to purchase. Uh, so you need to know where to get your references, because that's important. It is. It, it's always good to network. You never know what information can be given that can that can help your business and what you can give to help someone else's business. It is always good. Don Sixto, what's the, the overall umbrella of the company? The company in Mexico, it's called Grupo Sixtra. Don Sixto debuted at Bar Convent Brooklyn, or BCB. And Bar Convent Brooklyn is a space where like bar and beverage mixologists, vendors and sellers, they all come together in Industry City in Brooklyn, in New York, and they celebrate and educate and share and generate business opportunities. So it was going back to what you were saying before about knowing your neighbors. And it really is a great place to just 
to meet people and just to to get your brand out there and to see other distributors, other people that that can distribute your product. What was your experience like this being the first BCB for you? So at BCB, we had like different type of experiences, but our good day, let's say, was the half of the second day. It was good. There, there were a lot of people interested in the mezcal. And also because we were in the Park Street emerging brand, it was like a closed space. So we were able to also interact with our neighbors. And we also were able to see like there were also like other mezcal brands like launching or like other agave distillates launching, which was good. It's good. I mean, it's more competition, but means the demand is raising, which is good, uh, a good thing to us as well. Okay. So you were in the emerging brand section. So that's where a lot of the people, that's the first time that they have been, that they have attended Bar Convent Brooklyn. So they were all there. There was an award ceremony. So I don't know whether or not you won any awards from Bar Convent Brooklyn, but I do know that you do have an award-winning mezcal. So can you talk about some of any of the awards that really put you at the top of the game? Yes, actually, we won 95 points for the Chill um, magazine, which is a magazine that also that sponsors BCB, I think. So we when we were we are featured on the competition they have. It's called Chill 100, and to me, it's a great achievement because we are Don Sixto. It's Don Sixto Coyote is displayed against celebrities mezcals, which we do not have that budget, <laughs> but it is nice that our quality brought us there. Thanks to the mezcal quality is like how we got featured in there. So that's, that's like an, a great achievement. Wow. And what was the name of that award? Uh, Chilled 100. Any other ones? You were in a competition in 2022, yes, right? This as year? Well. So we also entered into the New York uh, International Spirits Competition which we won as well. So also it is nice to see our mezcal because there is like so many mezcals that enter into the competition, like from family-owned brands, celebrity-owned mezcals, and different mezcals. So we also won two gold medals, one with mezcal barril and another with mezcal coyote again, and one silver medal, one silver medal with uh, mezcal arroqueño. Oh wow! So you're winning awards all over the place, and I'm sure that you're not you're not done with that. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not. Exactly. Now you you are a young woman. There are a lot of young women out there that are may be doing something that are 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 thinking about a business, something to do in business that maybe women don't do that they, they're like, oh, I shouldn't do this. What advice do you have for young girls or young women or women that, that may want to just start something? And maybe it, it is something that other women do. Maybe it's not a, a male-dominated field. But what advice do you have for women that want to start anything, any uh, business? Just to do it. Like, don't think it too much. Just do it. Sometimes we have... We think it too much, and then our own thoughts are the ones that are stopping us from doing something. 
it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have the perfect business plan or you don't even have to have a business plan. I mean, you can work through it. It's just you have to start and then you will figure it out. I know it's just like, I don't know, you may think like some people will, will not agree with my advice, but that's what I think because if you spend too much time thinking about doing something, sometimes you end up not doing anything. So that, that will be my advice. Because you can kind of talk yourself out of it. Yeah. You were very young when you moved to Canada and started this business. And it's nobody's business how old you are, but you were you were a young person doing doing this. And so not only are you a woman, but you are a young woman and you and you look very <laughs> young. But you also have a baby. So you're doing all these things. You took your own advice that you just gave you took your own advice because you have a baby and it's and it's a relatively new baby I mean it's a to- yeah. she's a toddler but it's a new baby nonetheless and you were doing all these things you have a support system so it is important that we do have a, yeah. a support system because you wouldn't be able to do the things if you didn't have the biochemist mom I mean you wouldn't be able to do certain things but I believe that you would have anyway. It may have been more of a demand on you, but I believe that you would have done it anyway. So how has the business been with a young child? And your husband is also in the business too. And you're in the business with your brother. So you are surrounded by the most, the closest people in your circle. How has that been raising the baby, raising your child with help from your husband and your family, but how has it been with the business as well? Women do it all the time, but I, I just want to know how it is with your business. So it's uh, being honest, it's been a journey. It's been fun and it's been challenging as well uh, because it, it was like, just let's, it's not even after COVID because there is still COVID. So having to travel with like a toddler to all these street shows, it, it is challenging. The good thing is, like, I always had the support of my family. And because Don Six Still Mezcal, it's a family business project. So normally we all go to the trade show. So it's like when we go, my mom goes, my dad goes, my two brothers goes, uh, and my husband. Even though the last trip to Brooklyn, like, half of the family cut off. So we only three of us went. So I've been having to travel with my kids. And it, it is not impossible, but it, it, it's important that you have a trusted circle as well and support because without without the support of other people, it gets really hard. And you have to learn to delegate. It is hard as well to delegate as like a girl boss, but you have to know how to delegate stuff because you can't carry all by yourself. It gets really hard. So learn to delegate and Having a support circle, it is important. To me, it's like my family that have always supported me. So that's how I've been able to just go and travel to the trade shows with my kids. And it's been no problem. As a day-to-day basis, yes, sometimes I have to wait until after nap time just to reply to all the emails. <laughs> um, and I have sometimes just to stay up a little longer, like up night, just to finish up working on something or planning something, which anyways, you do it while you go to your retreat. So <laughs> it, it is not like a big problem. It's, it's just like you wanting to do something 
and finding the way to do it. So I was going to ask you what motivates you and keeps you motivated. So I, I have to say, I'm sure you're a toddler keeps <laughs> you very motivated and, and moving all the time. But is there anything in particular that 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 motivates you that keeps you going and keeps you in a creative state of mind and a business state of mind? One thing that keeps me very motivated is to look back and see what we have achieved. Because I remember that when we started, it was just a hobby, let's say, because we never thought about getting so so big or like going international when we started this project. So looking back and seeing where we started into where we are now makes me believe that we can achieve more. And then maybe in some years, we're just going to look back and see, oh, my God, like we've achieved so much more. So this is one of the things that keeps me very motivated and to know that I do have uh, the support of like everybody involved in Grupo Sixcra. And also another person that keeps me very motivated is my mom because she also had to, as a woman, like because she did all this back in the days, she went to France, learned French and did a PhD with three kids <laughs> and my dad, of course, but... So, wow. Yeah, so that's how I was raised, and that's like my role model I saw when I was growing. So that's something, like, that, that's why my mom is like a role model to me as well, and that's what keeps me motivated. Well, you and your mom are a role model and a motivator for, I think, for all of us. I think that I, I definitely, for me. Do you have any words of wisdom, anything that you want to leave people with or make people think about? Just if you love what you're doing or if you love it, just do it. Because when when something is your passion, somehow and someday you will see results when you do something with passion. Passion is, is the key. You have a passion for fashion and you also have a passion for mezcal. That's what makes you a mezcal expert. So thank you so much, Maggie, for being here. Thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. And if you want to learn anything about Don Sixto Mezcal, I will leave everything in the in the show notes. I will tag Maggie if you have any questions. I'm going to put all the Instagram and, and Twitter at Facebook, whatever you need to get in touch with Don Sixto, a Maggie, and find out more about Mescal, I will put that information in. And if you heard something today that made you say, ah, please shoot me a DM, find me on Instagram. That's how we roll. Find me there, leave a message, ask a question. You can find Maggie, Don Sixto, and leave a question. We'd love to hear questions. And please, if you like the podcast, please like, subscribe, and share it with your friends. Leave a review. I'd like that. Leave a review on Apple. I am everywhere. So Maggie, I just want to thank you once again for coming. Thank you for being here. I'm mean, I coming. <laughs> yeah, here. You know so what I mean. Time. Thank you so much for being here on the phone with me. I just love hearing about your journey. This is a fabulous journey for you. And I just have the absolute best hopes and the very best wishes for you in your business and in your, in your pursuit of this mezcal passion. Thank you. And it was really nice to be here today. 
Listen, this mezcal is fantastic. Don Sixto. Look for it in your local liquor store. And if they don't have it, you got to you gotta take, listen, <laughs> find out where they've been because they need to try this mezcal. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, checking out the podcast. Thank you for inviting me into your space. And until next time, I hope you will continue to thrive, grow, and be kind to yourselves and be kind to others.